You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. And this morning it's not going to be very long, but I think it's extremely important. Um, last week we laid a foundation about the position of peace. And today we're going to talk about the place of peace. All right, now I'm not trying to be confusing. I'm not trying to use slick words to build a series here. But each one of these things is very, very important. Is a key to the revelation of how the peace of God works in our lives. We understand that God is peace. In the same way God is love, God is peace. Scripture tells us about God that we know love because He first loved us. And so this is what it means. So when we throw things around, words around like love or peace or joy, those words are actually impossible to capture apart from the revelation of those things out of the character of God that God has first given us. You don't know how to love McDonald's french fries apart from the love of God. I know that sounds weird, but it's an impossibility for the human heart to capture the understanding of love except for God loved man first. He displayed it. He displayed it through creation. He displayed it by creating us. He displayed it ultimately through Jesus Christ. So love exists on the world because God is love. That's why the scripture says anyone born of of God is born of love and knows God. He that does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. In the same way, God is peace. So we understand the revelation that God wants us to walk in peace. But sometimes there is a disconnect between that revelation and getting to a place where peace actually abides in us. And that is because there is a tension on this world. That is because, very simply, you have bills to pay. That is very simply said because you are not a hermit crab, you are amongst other people. Some of them not by your own choosing. Some of them in your workplace, you're like, oh, Bob. I can't stand Bob. just wish Bob would put a sock in it. <laughs> Bob doesn't, go, doesn't work with you. That's good. All right. So we have tension on this earth. We, we have tension in the result of some of our decisions, don't we? Wow, we've blown it before, and we're trying to get ourselves out of a hole, and so we, we feel this tension on our life. Well, tension left unchecked, even as a son or daughter of God, turns into worry, which turns into anxiety. And isn't it the craziest thing that us as sons and daughters of God, who are called of peace to take on the character of our Father, to be filled with peace, still walk in worry, concern, and anxiety? So where's the disconnect at? Disconnect comes as we learn for the peace of God to abide in us. So last week, we started with the position of peace, and we read from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's a familiar passage. It says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So just a second of refresh on last week, I want you to hear this, that the position of the peace of God exists when God firmly controls our heart. The position of peace comes when God firmly controls our heart. 
And that's what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. says listen, you're going to fight this fight of anxiety until you learn this truth. That something has to exceed your understanding. And your understanding is birthed from two places. What goes on in your heart and what goes on in your mind. But here's what you have to understand about your heart. Your heart is the wellspring, the fountainhead of your spiritual life. And it is also the fountainhead of your passion. Can I prove this to you really quick? In Psalm 51, David writes this beautiful psalm, and it's a psalm of repentance. After he had sinned with Bathsheba, he had killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, committed adultery. They conceived a child that died. David's heart's broken. But David writes this one scripture, this one verse, in Psalm 51, he says, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. What is David saying? David is saying this, that when his spirit, his heart is made right and lined up with the intent of the creator, the wellspring of joy can come from that place too. That is why it is an accurate truth when we say that when we are living for God and our spirit is made alive with God, then the fulfillment of our life is found. Why? Because you can't get joy any other place or peace or love. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, the peace of God will guard your hearts. So when we allow God to take firm control of our heart and we begin to be led from this place, what happens is then our mind lines up with our heart, with our spirit. See, the problem is too often is that our mind, which controls our thinking and our processing, determines how we're going to feel, doesn't it? We see trouble coming, we fear trouble coming, and so we begin to get anxious, don't we? Instead of going to our spirit and listening to the voice of the Father and understanding that He's holding us in perfect peace, taking care of all of our needs. And therefore, we begin to say, mind, line up under the authority of Jesus Christ. And the ultimate part of that promise in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 comes from this, is that God begins to transcend our understanding, meaning this, even though you're in this world, you don't live according to the pattern of this world. Even though you, you live in the world and you're making progress in the world, and the things that shake most people as sons and daughters of God, because the peace of God rules and reigns, it's positional truth in your heart. Your understanding is not being guided by the system of this world. It is being guided by the truth of what it means to be a son or daughter of the king. Very, very important. So to this morning, as we look at the place of peace, what I want us to do is open up our Bibles to Psalm 91. And we're really just going to focus on the very first verse. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scripture here. Because God wants to teach us to get into the place of peace so that we can abide in peace. We can abide in peace. Psalm 91 verse 1 says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This verse 1 comes with an amazing truth that is coupled with a beautiful promise. The first truth, the first part of this scripture gives us this truth. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, this is the truth, 
Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, the truth, here comes the promise, will rest, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And so I want to just look at this scripture in the context of this scripture so we begin to gain an understanding about the place of peace. How to get into the place of peace. The first part of this passage draws a reference from a very, very special place where the psalmist wrote that was a sacred place. The shelter of the Most High is a reference to the Holy of Holies. And if you're not familiar of of what the Holy of Holies is, it's very simple. When Moses was in the wilderness, God commanded him to build a tabernacle. And there's a reason why God commanded Moses to build a tabernacle is because, in, in a nutshell, God wanted to be close to mankind. But there was a problem why God couldn't actually interact with man, and it was a sin problem. So there was a bit of a separation where God dwelt in this place called the Holy of Holies. And it was the deepest part inside the tabernacle. And only one person at one time of the year was able to go into the Holy of Holies, and it was the high priest. And there was a huge curtain that separated the outer court and the holy place from the Holy of Holies. And on the Day of Atonement, one time a year, the high priest would take the the blood of the sacrifice and with a rope tied around his, his ankle, would go through the curtain into the Holy of Holies, into the place where God's presence was, and the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you've seen Indiana Jones, you, you have a reference for the Ark of the Covenant. All right? Get, get you a picture there. But it was this beautiful gold box, and on top of this gold box sat what was called the mercy seat. And on the mercy seat, there were these two cherubims, these angels, on each side of it with their wings extended out, and they would touch at the top. And in that place, that was what's called the throne of God right there, where the presence of God would come. And the high priest would come in and take the blood sacrifice and sprinkle it over the mercy seat. And it would go up as an incense before the nostrils of God. And if God received it, two things would happen. is that priest would get to walk back out. He'd had bells on the bottom of his, of his garb there. And if the bells stopped ringing, the guys yanked them out because God didn't receive the sacrifice. You're like, what? God's mean. But what happened is that that sacrifice was received because it was made the right way. It went up into this beautiful fragrance at the nostrils of God and the sins of the past year were just wiped away. Not just the sins, but mercy came. Mm -hmm. So the psalmist here is writing this and says, those who will dwell in the shelter of the Most High. And you got to understand, listen, this is a prophetic psalm in so many ways because it would have been an impossibility for a mere man to go into the Holy of Holies. But somehow, it's possible for you. Somehow, there's access for you. This was a holy, sacred place. This was a place of mercy. But this was the place where God desired to connect with man. This was the place of peace. 
What's God saying to us about this concerning the place of peace? The first thing is this, is that the place of peace is found through Jesus Christ. The only way that you and I have access into the place of peace comes through the mercy of Jesus Christ. Some of you are going, I understand that, Pastor. But here is the revelation that you need to receive from this very important truth. It's this. You don't deserve to come into the place of peace. You don't deserve mercy. There is therefore nothing you can do to earn peace, to earn mercy, but it is a free gift of grace given to you through Jesus Christ. And until that revelation burns in your heart, there is going to be a disconnect from you getting into the place of peace. But the second you stand in your righteousness, you're going to enter easy into the place of peace. Because you're going to understand the place of peace comes through Jesus Christ. It doesn't come by you being good enough, you deserving it, you coming to church enough. You need to come to church, though, all right? Let's just get that straight. Just come, all right? You bum me out when you're not here. Listen to what Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says. Everybody smile, okay? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who was ascended into heaven. Now, I must stop. I'm sorry. Um, this is in the New Testament, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. And here's why this is important, because the writer of Hebrews is actually making... My daughter's back there doing the media shout. <laughs> is making a reference to an Old Testament symbol. He's going back to the place of understanding what it means to access into the Holy of Holies. And he's teaching us how we get access into the Holy of Holies. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The psalmist in Psalm 91 is giving this very truth to us and we see it echoed again in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. We see the access that we have been given through Jesus Christ to go into the very presence of God. How boldly? How? With confidence. Why? Because there is a place of peace. And in that place of peace, what we receive is mercy and grace for every need, care, concern, weight that we carry. And we come in boldly through Jesus Christ. We have to hold firmly to the faith that we possess, profess. We have to come through grace. But we access this through the revelation of our righteousness. So we have to stand in the confidence of our righteousness. And this is what I believe. Is that the body of Christ is not ineffective on the earth. The body of Christ is not muted, is not weak, is not flimsy. If anything, the body of Christ has to be reminded of the truth of our righteousness. I believe that God is looking for a people from the oldest to the youngest who stand up in this revelation. Why? Because when we stand in the revelation of our righteousness, we become a people that fearlessly 
continually access the presence of God. And here's the truth, that if you want to be powerful, if you want to be a a person that walks in great faith and great strength, you have got to regularly access the presence of God. And the presence of God, believe it or not, doesn't come from just a 15-minute Bible devotional that you just kind of muddle through every day. It can. Let me say it like this. It doesn't come through a religious duty that you do because you feel obligated to something. It comes through, only comes through, the revelation that you have as being a son or daughter, and that means you're standing in your righteousness and you're going boldly into the throne room of God. We've got to change our thinking. We've got to begin to stand up in this righteousness that we've been given through Christ Jesus. You've got to understand that any calling that you've received is not something that you've been called to bear on your own. Any business, any occupation, any bit of parenting, any bit of being a political person, if God's called you there to teach, whatever it is, doctor, lawyer, whatever you have been called to, whatever God has designed and assigned for your life has meant to be done inside of the righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus. And part of the reason we don't get into the place of peace is because we're not standing in the righteousness that we have through Christ Jesus. It's way too easy for us to either take credit for our own ability or for us to convince ourselves we are what we were in the past. Instead of letting the righteousness of Jesus just wash all that away and empower us to stand inside of him and boldly go into the presence of God. There's only one way to live the Christian faith. There's only one way that we can do this. It's not a mediocre way. And if I could just say one thing, like the Apostle Paul said in in, in Ephesians, wake up, you sleeper. Wake yourself from your slumber. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. You are the righteousness of God. You're not going to get to heaven and get a merit badge for camping out in your room watching Fox News and shuddering. You're not going to get a merit badge for watering down the call of God in your life because you wanted to be pleasant to the world. You're going to get The badge that says, well done, my good and faithful servant, when we step into the place that Jesus has freely given us our righteousness. And for some of you this morning, this is the nutshell of this message, that you simply got to say, hey, today is a day that I'm letting go of old thinking about myself and the junk of my past, and no matter what you called yourself yesterday, it's time to let it go, because if you're a son or daughter of God, you've been called something different. Now, now listen, I'm not getting upset at you, and I'm not upset, but here is part of my objective to bring us into the place of peace is for us to wake up to this truth. We have access to this place through righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself, 
Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. And we come into that very holy place, that place of peace, that place of rest because of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And that righteousness cleanses us. It breaks the condemnation and the weight of sin in our life. It destroys that sting. It brings us into the place of understanding that we are loved, accepted, adopted, and have access to the very presence of God. The second part of this passage right here is this. We'll rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When we begin to stand in our righteousness and we gain that access, we come in boldly into the very presence of God. We're coming into the place of rest. And the second thing that Psalm 91 verse 1 says to us is that the place of peace is a place of rest. The place of peace is found through Jesus Christ, but the place of peace is a place of rest. I don't think there's one person in here that would argue with rest. If I offered rest up here, a free, peaceful night's sleep, apart from medication... 99% of you would take it. I don't know how many of you sleep like a baby all night long. Yeah. But this is the Father's heart for you. And this psalmist is writing this passage here. And he's saying, listen, when you come into the shelter of the Almighty, when you step into the very presence of God, this is God's heart for you. This is God's intent for you. It turns into this beautiful love statement. You will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And literally what this means is this, is that God has set apart a place next to His chest, a special place just for you that He desires for you to abide in. This is not a pit stop. This is not pulling off I-10 for a rest stop. This is a place what God has specifically created for you next to his heart where he can have you put your head upon his chest, wrap his arms around you, cover you, cover you, and you can abide there. Not leave there, but abide there. This is a place of rest. I want you to think about it because the picture that God uh, paints here is like a little baby. I don't know if you guys were watching um, when Buddy and Mindy came up here. They had little baby P. They have a little baby. Look, is he up right now? The little baby P. Look, y- y'all can look at little baby P later, all right? Just look at me. They were taking communion as the sweetest thing. Because Buddy was there praying and Mindy was holding baby P. You know what baby P was doing? Sleeping. Sleeping on his mama's chest. That's a place of peace, isn't it? That's a place of rest. A perfect rest. You know what baby P was concerned about? You know what it was he was wrestling with and the anxiety that was floating through his mind? You know what it was? Nothing. Nothing at all. Why am I telling you this? It's because this is, the, this is the picture scripturally that God is creating in Psalm 91, the second part. Verse 1, the second part. When you come into the shelter of the Most High, you are going to rest under the shadow of the Almighty. 
Why? Because God has carved out a special place for you, a place of rest. And I don't care what you say this morning, every one of us need to be in that place of rest. Why? Because in that place of rest, our cares and concerns dissolve away. For so often when we've read 1 Peter 5, he says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. We've gone, I've, I've, I've said that, I've, I've talked about that, and, and I've heard people go, well, how do I do it? I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried to give my cares to the Lord. I've tried to toss them up there and do that. And let me tell you something. It's impossible to do without the revelation of the place of peace. Because when your head is upon the chest of your father, because you're standing in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, boldly entering that place, and you're cultivating times like that, stop and listen to what I'm about to say to you. Because this is not a one and done thing. This is something that God is asking you to come into relationship with him. And this is what relationship with the father means, is that you cultivate the place of intimacy every day. And when you come into that place and you rest in the presence of the Father, where you are being still, the things that you are wrestling with fall off of you. Why? Because you are in the embrace of your Father, and you can easily cast those things upon the Lord. But when we try to pit stop our relationship with God, and we go, let me drive through and dump this stuff off, oftentimes what we do is that we never let go, do we? And we continue to hold on to these things. And the place of peace comes in the presence, the very presence of Creator God, where we learn and begin to understand the relentless love that He has for us as a Father that asks us to abide in Him. It's a beautiful truth. The place of peace is the place of rest. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. It's a beautiful picture, beautiful picture of the love of the Father. It's the place of peace. So finally, how do we come to the place of peace? Place of peace is accessed through Jesus Christ. It's a place of rest. But how do we come to the place of peace? Three simple things. Three simple things. The first thing we need to do is we need to set order in our thinking. Set order in our thinking. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension. I want you to write this down somewhere. Put it on your phone and notes in your phone. This is a scripture you need to know. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Those of you who are Cowboys fans, this is not those thoughts that pop into your head telling you they're not going to win this year. That's not what God's talking about. <laughs> those are not... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Forget about it. Listen, this passage talks, it talks about strongholds. And how does this correlate to our peace? The context of this passage talks about those things that are elevating and building a fortress in our thinking that are trying to pull us off the knowledge of our righteousness, the knowledge of us being sons and daughters of God, pulling us away from the love, the peace, the joy of God. 
These are heavy things. But as it pertains to our peace, this is what I, I need you to understand because some of our thinking has gotten the way in the way of the revelation of what it means to be son or daughter of God. They become strongholds, and some strongholds are interfering with our peace. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to in, inspect our thinking, to go through our thinking and begin to tell us if we have something that is getting in the way of our peace. Sometimes we don't feel like we deserve uh, to enter into the presence of God because of sin, because of our past mistakes. Some of you grew up in, in, in de- different denominations or spiritual upbringings that just talked a lot about sin. Talked a lot about sin and a lot about uh, words like holiness. And you came up under that and you, you, you learned that you have to walk a straight line and you have to act a certain way and you have to carry yourself a certain way because if you make a mistake, God doesn't love you. You're a sinner. And I just want to just, just gently introduce the theological impossibility of that to you right now. If that's a stronghold that presents itself in your thinking at all, it's because God didn't save you based on your perfection and based upon your works what he did is he thrust your sin, mankind's sin, upon his only son. And Jesus Christ bore the penalty and the weight of your sin, my sin, humanity's sin, took it and broke it. And for some of us here, some of the separation that comes in, into play when it comes to coming into the presence of God exists under wrong thinking. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to correct that. And our prayer needs to be, God, would you, like David, create a clean heart in me, a clean thinking pattern in me, so that I begin to uh, access you based upon the truth of what you've called me. And I begin to come into your peace based on that truth. Sometimes we have a stronghold, and we believe that we can never be free from the perspective of our pain. Some of us believe that we're trapped into the, the, the past pain of our life. And so that leaves us lingering in this place where we're never fully realizing peace. But can I tell you, that's a stronghold. And it's a stronghold that Jesus came to break. The scripture says it so clear, we hear it all the time from up here. That whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. That no matter the depth of the pain of your past, and I know it's a real pain, I know it's a pain that hurt very bad, but here's the truth, is that Jesus can make you free. And you are deserving. And you are worthy through Jesus Christ to come into the very presence of God and to live and abide in peace. So we have to correct our thinking. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to correct our thinking to set order in our thinking that we begin to stand in that place of righteousness. And I want to encourage you, if that's you, to make your prayer this. God, begin to establish the righteousness that you've given me in Christ Jesus, in my thinking. Because when you go into the Word of God, you're going to begin to see through that lens. And the Word of God is going to pop out to you and help you begin to understand how truly loved you are. How beautiful you are to the Father. His thoughts for you. It's going to begin to cleanse your thinking, renew your thinking, so that you begin to stand up in the confidence that you have in Christ Jesus. Super important. Super beautiful. 
Jesus did this for us. The second thing is this. How we come into the place of peace is set aside a specific time each day to walk in peace. We have to set aside a specific time each day. You need to cultivate intimacy with God every day. You need to cultivate intimacy with God every day. Do you see how, when we talk about these things, how important it is to understand that God speaks to you? He desires to speak to you? Do you understand that when we understand and walk in that revelation, that when we come into the presence of God, it becomes alive? In Luke uh, 11, verse 1 Jesus had a specific time that he met with the Father. It says this, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. He was in a certain place. He had a place, didn't he? He had a place where he met with the Father. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So here's what we know from this passage here in Luke's gospel is that this is when Jesus taught the Lord's prayer in Luke's Luke's gospel. And the disciples called a revelation on asking Jesus how to pray based off of seeing Jesus pray in a certain place every day. And what was Jesus doing? And why did Jesus need to pray if he was God, if he is God? It's because he was setting a model for every one of us, and it's to cultivate intimacy. And what Jesus was doing was going to the Father and saying, I need to abide in your peace today because I'm dealing with 12 knuckleheads. I got five knuckleheads. My kids. <laughs> just, just, oh, man. Come on, guys. Wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> my kids are great. <laughs> my daughters are like, I'm going to pop your tires in your car. <laughs> if my kids are knuckleheads, it's because they're like me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but they're not. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gone there, and I did. Jesus was meeting with the Father. He was cultivating a time to be in the place of peace. Why? Because he knew he was about the work of the Father. He knew he was about redeeming humanity back to the Father. And so he had to be in a place of peace. He was cultivating it every day. And just like Jesus, we have to meet with our Father. We have to have that time of intimacy and and. I feel like we use a lot of words in church, and so I'm going to be very clear about this. Because there are different types of prayer that we pray, aren't there? There are the SOS prayers. Please help God. I'm in trouble. (laughs) The ship's going down. (laughs) There's the YOY prayers. Why is this happening right now? Right? And that's okay. Those are fine. But the type of prayer that I'm talking about right now is a prayer is a place where you don't get into the presence of God to give a list. Where you don't get in the presence of God to say, God, please help me. But you get in the presence of God to learn how to rest in his love. Okay? And so here's what I'm telling you with that specific type of prayer. Is that that is going to take time to cultivate. Why? Because we don't rest well. We don't rest well. This is why you have to plan it. This is why you have got to put it into your schedule. No matter if it is the first thing, the last thing, the in-between thing, the the on-the-way-to-work thing, if it can be that, the the on-the-way-home-from-work thing. But it needs to be every day 
where you are in the presence of God and your prayer starts off with, Father, I love you. Thank you for giving me access to you through Jesus Christ. Let the love of the Father come and overwhelm me. You can use that. Let the love of the Father come and overwhelm me. Tell me how much you love me. You might turn on some soft music. And listen, you have to learn to rest in the presence of God until you begin to feel the presence of God surround you, the love of the Father surround you. Why? Because that is the place of rest. That is the place of rest. Otherwise, you're going to be a believer that's going to be bouncing off the walls. You're going to be a ping pong. Just boom, 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 boom. God desires for you to abide in peace. And here's my promise to you, just in just all truth and all honesty, that if you will do this one thing, this second thing, to set aside a specific time each day to have intimacy with God, to cultivate and understand the love of God in your life, if you do that for, for, for one month, it is going to pay such amazing dividends in your life. You're going to begin to walk in a deeper revelation of your righteousness and have more authority and boldness when you go to pray, when you talk in the places that you're seeking freedom than you could ever imagine. I promise you. I promise you. This is God's heart for you. All right, Justin, come on up. You're going to begin to prophesy to yourself in that place. Can I tell you that? How many of you, just by a show of hands, have ever prophesied to yourself? David prophesied to himself at Ziklag. His enemies got the best of them, took their wives and their children, destroyed their property. His mighty men who were trained pro-killers. They were some bad dudes. They're looking at David like, we're going to kill you next. How did you let this happen? I don't know how David did it. I do not know how David did it. But he paused those guys out, and he went to the place of peace. And the scripture says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He turned back around to his mighty men and said, hey, you're designed to do this. We're going to get back our stuff and our people. And they did. <laughs> they did. It's a great story. But let me tell you something. David sought this place and he prophesied to himself and he began to encourage himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't call for the prophet. And there's, there's a place for the prophet. And there's a place for prophetic words. But I want to tell you something. If you cultivate intimacy with God every day, you're going to begin to prophesy to yourself. You're going to begin to build yourself up. You're going to begin to encourage yourself. You can call me, but you're not going to need to call me. Because you're going to begin to encourage yourself. Why? Because it's a reflection of the truth of the heart of the Father that He desires for, to know you. He has come close. He loves you. He's got a special place in his presence just for you. It doesn't fit anybody else. Your place doesn't fit me. Every one of my kids go to my wife, and they like snuggling with my wife in the bed. 
And they're, they're getting a little big. That's next week's message. But they're like this, and my wife will say, say something special, specific about them. This is your soft part. This is your, this is your, your sweet right here. You know, I love your little cheeks right here. Oh, my kids better stop snickering because you do it all the time. But each one of them is unique and it's special. And, and this, is, this is Psalm 91, verse 1. When you come under the shelter of the Most High, when you come into the presence of God, you are going to abide under the shelter of the Almighty. That there's that special place. The last thing that we do is that when we get into that place of peace, we need to have our confession line up with peace. In Psalm 91, verse 2, it says, I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Let me read it to you. Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And this is where God brings us to, is this place of confession, where our confession is true. Where we don't declare the things that are happening to us, we declare the things that are happening in us. That we begin to declare who God is in us. What God is for us. God is my refuge. God is my fortress. God is the one in whom I trust. God is my peace. This is the place of peace. This is where God desires to bring us. And when we taste of the goodness of God in the place of peace, our confession must change. It'd be the equivalent of me going and spending money on my children and loving them because I love them and blessing them with the things, not that they need, but what they deserve as a reflection of my love. And them turning around and going, oh, my dad, he's okay. I still have lack. I really wish I could have got this. You understand what I'm saying? Because here's what's important with your confession. And here's why confession is not foolishness. Is because when we confess, not only is our mouth speaking out of the abundance of our heart, but our ears are hearing the truth of the Spirit of God inside of us. And it's reciprocating and growing and growing stronger. I am cancer free. I am walking in the calling that God has for me. My marriage is restored. He is my peace. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the place of peace that you've given us through Jesus Christ into your very presence, Father. Father, everyone here, Lord, uh, Lord, we all need a deeper, a fresh, a new revelation of this truth. Lord, you love every one of us so deeply. This morning, if you're here and you are struggling under the weight of condemnation, every head is bowed and every eye is closed from the weight of your sin, listen, I want to tell you that the condemnation of sin is broken. 
through Jesus Christ. A simple act of trust, of putting your faith in Jesus. And you begin to experience the new life that comes from being a son or a daughter of God through Jesus Christ. That's what righteousness is. Giving you the ability to stand upright before God. This morning, if you're in that place where condemnation has got you on lockdown and you feel bound to that, bound to your sin, and you're tired of that, here's what I'm going to ask you to do with every head bowed and every eye closed, just to slip up your hand right now. You can lower it. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Just put them down. I see you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. You can pray silently. You can pray it out loud. Jesus, I thank you for breaking the weight of condemnation over my life, for setting me free because of your love. Jesus, I thank you for carrying that burden for me. I put my trust in you, Jesus. I thank you that my yesterdays do not define my tomorrows, but my tomorrows are defined through your love as your son or your daughter. I thank you for your righteousness that you've given me, Jesus. I receive that now. Every chain is broken. Every bit of sin falls off in the name of Jesus. This morning, if you're here and you, your prayer is this, that you need a, to be in and abide in the place of peace, that's you this morning. Just slip up your hands. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Thank you. Thanks. Why don't we pray this prayer? Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your peace. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to be peace to every one of us here. To bring us into the place of peace. And Father, let us know the depth of the love that you have for us. Let the revelation of that special place that you have set aside for us begin to fill our hearts. Lord, right now, let the revelation of that love fill every heart here. Those that have lifted their hands, those that didn't. Let the revelation of your love fill our hearts. Draw us into your very presence right now because of your love, Jesus. Draw us into your very presence. Now, God, every care and every concern, Lord, that it's, is expressed to the folks here, Father God, Lord, just lift in the name of Jesus. Your word says it. Cast your cares upon the Lord because you care for us. So just right where you are, if you lifted your hands, just begin to say, God, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this anxiety. I'm giving you this concern. I'm giving you this care. You don't have to say it out loud. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you because you love me. I'm letting go of that. I'm not picking that back up. And Lord, just like the psalmist said, my declaration is going to be true. God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You've never, ever let the righteous be forsaken. You've never let the righteous be forsaken. You've never seen your children beg, beg of bread. You are a refuge. You are a fortress. You are my loving Father. And you are the one in whom I trust. Lord, let that be the revelation and the cry of our hearts and the cry of our mouth today. Let us all rest in the place of peace. Thank you that it comes through you, Jesus Christ. We love you this morning. Amen.
Amen.